Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Boston Sanctuary since 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the Boston metropolitan area and beyond. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. We're located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets in downtown Boston, Massachusetts. Arlington Street Church gathered in love and service for justice and peace. Credo, Latin for I believe, is the first word in creeds intended to establish a uniformity and commonality of belief. I believe. I thought of reciting the opening lines of the Apostles' Creed, but I didn't want to frighten you. Unitarian Universalists are famously creedless. You don't have to believe anything to be a UU, and you certainly don't have to believe what everyone else believes, much less say you believe it. You just have to be you, the good person, the seeker that is you. The great 13th century Sufi mystic poet Jalaluddin Rumi wrote, and we sing as an invitation to join us here, come, come, whoever you are, wanderer, worshiper, lover of leaving, it doesn't matter, come, even if you have broken your vows a thousand times, ours is not a caravan of despair, come, and yet again, come. Some of us believe in nothing, or at least nothing that we can't experience through our senses or grasp with our rational minds. But many of us have come to believe many things. I have heard that Mahatma Gandhi was confronted by a reporter, Mr. Gandhi, that's not what you said yesterday. Gandhiji responded, that was yesterday. This is today. Unitarian Universalism celebrates that kind of openness and fluidity of belief, that kind of presence in the sense of being present to the ways in which we can change our thinking with the breaking news of our lives. We say revelation is not sealed. We say yes to evolution, the evolution of information, thought, knowledge, understanding, change. Many faith traditions put a very high value on certainty, on surety. They fill their houses of worship with the assurance of life after death. It can be hard not to be promised anything of heaven but what we create in this one. We believe in life before death. It can be hard not to be told what to think, what to believe, how to choose. But I love this alternative. Unitarian Universalism celebrates what Zen Buddhists call not knowing, insisting that life is richer when we live with an open mind and open heart. And we put a very high value on heaven on earth, 
not the promise of heaven on earth, but the possibilities of making love and justice and peace right here by the work of our own two hands, living well in this gift we call the present. In last Sunday, Sunday afternoon's workshop, Unplug the Christmas Machine, each of us spoke in turn about what we cherish most in the holiday season. No one named going into debt buying gifts, drinking to drunkenness at as many holiday parties as possible, or crawling under the bed until it's all over and safe to come out. Several people named entering into the spirit of the season, giving and receiving, birth and rebirth, time to be with loved ones and peace on earth. We spoke of decorating our homes, watching our favorite Christmas movies and TV specials, the smell of balsam and hot cider, and the beauty of this sanctuary bathed in candlelight. I'm not sure anyone said the word reverence, but I sense there was a way in which we all meant it, and I've been thinking about it ever since. Author Marilyn Robinson writes, reverence is the human predisposition, perhaps as universal among us as any other, to sense the grandeur of the event we call being, to consider the heavens, to ponder the cunning of a hand. Reverence is the great corrective to the tendency of belief to warp, contract, harden. This is true because reverence is a kind of awe, and awe is a kind of humility. Reverence should be thought of as prior to belief. We don't have to explain away mystery. We don't have to dissect our inspiration or wonder. A sense of reverence is cause enough for birth and rebirth and peace on earth. And it might even bring us to believe in grace, free and unmerited favor, or miracles. Next thing we know, we'll be accused of being holy rollers. Last Sunday evening, I participated in a community choral performance of Handel's Messiah. I first sang the piece in high school and have sung it countless times since. But somehow this time, attuned perhaps to that power of reverence, I heard it in a whole new way. I've always loved the music, but suddenly there were the words, every valley shall be exalted and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. For unto us a child is born, and his name shall be called Wonderful, the Prince of Peace. Alleluia. Handel meant all that in the biblical sense, but translated into Unitarian Universalist, we might say or sing, although we should work on our poetry. If we look closely, listen carefully, and feel deeply, beauty and majesty will break forth in our lives, and we will never be the same. Glory shall be revealed 
revealed, revealed. Revelation is not sealed. Brother David Stendel Rost is a child psychologist and a Benedictine monk. When I met him in the late 1970s, he was directing a small contemplative community on a converted lighthouse island in Maine. In a Benedictine monastery, everything is geared toward cultivating the contemplative dimension of the practitioner, the mystical attitude, and an openness toward meaning. Part of the Benedictine spiritual practice is to keep silence, although it was my great good fortune that Brother David broke it to teach. One afternoon, he gave a lecture about what he called the monk in every one of us. I have carried that lecture in my heart for more than 30 years now. In speaking of reverence, I recall his words and want to share some of them with you. The monk in us, he said, is very closely related to the mystic in us, and we were all meant to be mystics. We do a great disservice to mystics by putting them up on a pedestal and thinking of them as a special kind of human being, he continues. The truth is that every human being is a special kind of mystic, and that creates a tremendous challenge for each of us to become precisely that mystic we are meant to be. Here I'm talking mysticism in the strictest sense as the communion with ultimate reality. All of us are certainly called to experience this communion. And there's no one, and never will be anyone, and never has been anyone, who can experience ultimate re reality in the same way in which you can experience it. Therefore, you are called to be that special kind of mystic that only you can be. Brother David Stendhal Rost went on to despair at what today we would call the hurried child. He spoke of cultures in which contemplation is given a high value. Don't just do something. Sit there. And he asked us to remember a time when time disappeared. A peak experience. As you look back over your life, he said, you see those peaks sticking out, points of vision, of insight. When you're on top of a peak, he continued, you can look all around. While you are still going up, part of the vision, part of the horizon is hidden. But once on the peak, you get an insight into your meaning. There's a moment in which meaning really touches you. It's not finding a solution to problems. It is simply a moment of limitless insight. The capacity for that perspective, that vision, and that insight, said Brother David, makes each of us a mystic. In recalling some of my peak experiences, I see that most were not the fruit of contemplation. They took me by storm. Singing the Messiah was like that, and being surprised recently by the brilliance of Orion in the wintry night sky. Walking through the public garden in silence many springtimes ago with an Arlington Street member named John. John had AIDS before there was any substantial hope to live. It was his last spring. 
Imagine knowing it was your last spring. How every patch of old snow, every bud and leaf and blossom would be precious beyond measure. John was delirious with the abundance of it, cherishing every step. And I have never experienced springtime the same since that walk with John. Then there was watching my four-year-old neighbor Zoe at a holiday party just last Friday night as we anticipated the arrival of Father Christmas. We sat with the other children and she tucked in next to me and waited completely silently, a little afraid and terribly excited. And then he walked through the door and her eyes grew huge and he drew out a gift from his green sack and the gift was for her and it was almost all too much. Afterwards, and still, even last night over dinner, she cannot talk, stop talking with me about it. Pure magic. And I saw in her that perfect, childlike devotion that speaks to something so deep in us, a memory, a longing, reverence. These peak experiences, these mystical moments, make way for reverence. But more often than not, if we were asked to describe that process, asked, what happened? What was that? Aha. What shook us awake? We'd have to say that nothing really happened. We got lost in it. In those times, there's really no separate I anymore. We just enter in and become. But did you ever notice that in those moments we're most carried away, blown away, however we say that, those moments are actually the times in which we are most present. I was utterly transported and I can still describe every detail of the arrival of each of my daughters. His Holiness the Dalai Lama says, my religion is kindness. I love that and I would add, my religion is reverence. I would say that kindness comes from reverence and that reverence is necessary for a spiritually informed, principled life. In reverence lies the power to transform our relationships with one another and with the earth. It is the vehicle for noticing, appreciating, loving, devotion. That spiritual practice of honoring the mystic in all of us, of making room and giving ourselves to the possibilities of unsealed revelation, the spiritual practice of reverence, this is an especially good one for us, for Unitarian Universalists. First reverence, then belief. My spiritual companions, my wish for you, especially in this holiday season, is a deep experience of reverence. 
I hope that something will somehow catch and hold your attention until you forget where you are and even who you are and bring you deep peace. I hope that something purely magical will take you by surprise, even make you gasp, lift you up onto one of those peaks and give you an unforgettable view and perhaps a whole new way of thinking, even something new in which to believe. My wish for all of us this season is an open mind, open heart, and open hands so that we might do the good work of making of this earth a heaven. Love, service, justice, peace. May we be surprised by joy.